Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Splitting Uprights. This episode marks the beginning of a series that we're embarking on where we're going to break down each division in the NFL. So for each episode, we're going to take one division from the NFC and one division from the AFC. Today, we're going to do the NFC West and the AFC West. So coincidentally, we have both of last year's Super Bowl participants. We're going to start with the AFC West. You can't really see us right now, but uh, Drew Smith just happens to be wearing a Travis Kelsey jersey. So we're going to start in the AFC West. But before we do that, we're going to pass it around and check on the boys, how they're doing. We're going to start with you, Pookie, down in the bottom part of my screen. What's up, man? What's up, guys? I'm chiseled and grizzled, and I'm here to give you hot pancakes. Or I mean hot take. That's true. He did just get back from the gym. And the man with the extravagant Chiefs jersey, Drew Smith, how are we doing? I'm doing good, man. Just chilling, ready for this three-day weekend. Just, dude, no kidding. All right, we're going with the NFC, uh, AFC West. We're starting with the Chiefs. Drew, we are using the uh, recently posted over-under win totals by USA Today. They have the Chiefs at 11 and a half over-under. So you, you get yeah. first uh, take on this. Yeah, um, I'm definitely slamming the over. Um, like looking at their schedule, you know, Baltimore at Baltimore is a tough game. And at Tampa Bay is a tough game, and at New Orleans. I mean, they have three tough road games, but those are the only three games I see them losing this year. So that puts them at 13-3, and three, in my opinion. And, you know, they're going to want to try to repeat because it hasn't been done in a while. And I think they have the weapons. They pretty much brought back their entire team from last year. Uh, I, I don't see them not at least being – being in contention for that first round bye uh, this year, being the only team in the AFC to get it because of the new rules. So I, I, I'm slamming the over on for them. Dude, if the Chiefs don't get a first round bye, I would shit my pants. Like how yeah. – I would shit your pants too. <laughs> so I think when it comes to the Chiefs, we all have the same question mark, which really is – so the linebacking core isn't great, but they found a way around that last year. I think we all agree the question is simply can they repeat? It's been a difficult task to do as of late. We haven't seen really any teams repeat. We've seen some get back to the Super Bowl only then the fail. So, I mean, it's tough. But as far as a roster goes, you keep that offense intact for the most part. So I, I don't have any blaring question marks for the Chiefs. Pookie, do you? Um, like I said, or like you said, the, the linebacking core is a concern, but the Chiefs showed last year that they can overcome that. They're still the fastest team in football. Uh, you can't really compete with speed. No matter how uh, good your scheme is, you can't compete with that sort of speed that Kansas City has going on. Speaking of speed, we're going to move on. And not the drug. Not the drug. No one well, here is speed. <laughs> We're going to move on to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and uh, with their newly acquired wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, who is uh, fast as hell. And you don't need to be around him to know that. But, Pookie, we're going to let you get first word on the Raiders. They're over under win totals at seven and a half. Initial thoughts on that? No, the Raiders are an interesting team, I think, to talk about because they have John Gruden, uh, who was one of my favorite coaches, really good uh, and smart football IQ. So I see them probably squeezing out some wins that they shouldn't have in a couple of upsets. 
but I will say that they're probably only going to make it to the seven above the seven and a half. It's probably an eight win total this year because they could easily start one in five. They play, you know, the, the Panthers, that could be a win, but then they have new Orleans, new England, Buffalo and Kansas city, uh, and then Tampa Bay. So it's like you're facing off against some of the previous playoff teams from last year. They could easily come out of that one, one in five. So it's hard to see them going much further, but I do love, uh, the way that they're building this roster. They went and got Henry Ruggs, gave Derek Carr some weapons. And even though they may not have the look of a playoff team, if you see them make a late-season surge, don't be surprised. Drew, question marks for the Raiders? Um, I think when it comes to the Raiders, obviously the same question as last year is it all comes down to Derek Carr. Um, you know, how good of a quarterback really is he? There was a ton of talks this year of, Tom Brady maybe going there, then drafting a quarterback even. So I think when it comes to their their question, it really just falls on the shoulder of Derek Carr and whether he's able to produce and get them to where they need to go. But I think having a running back like Josh Jacobs, I mean, that dude had a – he was one of the best running backs last year, and he didn't even play the full year. No, it's exciting for the Raiders. I think in terms of when you when you speak of Josh Jacobs, I, I mean, I love I loved watching him run last year, and I was – it sucked that he was injured for the last few games because he was probably going to get the rushing uh, crown. Yeah, and he, and he would have. He might have won rookie of the year as well. He was in. He was in contention for both of them. Mm -hmm. But with the Raiders, you have the Raiders. My bad. The Raiders. You have one of the top centers in the game in Rodney Hudson with the Laguna Beach bully and Richie Incognito at left guard. You're talking about the guys who ranked top of their position in terms of run blocking grade, I believe in the league. So John Gruden, man, are just going to keep pounding that ball. And when they stack the box, we're going to throw it deep to Henry Ruggs and, and Tyrell Williams and company. So, I mean, the Raiders are interesting to me. I'm very excited, but perhaps the question I'm most asking myself right now at this time is how fucking sexy will that television look on TV, baby? <laughs> or did I say stadium? I said television. I meant stadium. Yeah, stadium. Yeah. How sexy will that stadium look? So they're gonna TV? they're gonna have a t TV podcast of a TV with the game on it. <laughs> yeah, That's the way to watch football nowadays. And it's like dudes watch dudes playing video games, so we might as well watch, watch other dudes watching watch football. Dude. It's like being a cuck. Don't make fun uh, of me like. That. <laughs> <laughs> I th I, that was uh that was left at a pookie, but uh. Very excited. To see. The Raiders have how many primetime games this year? Don't they have like five? I mean, that Raiders-Bucks game for me will be very interesting because you have Gruden playing against Tampa, his team uh, that he, he went to and eventually won a Super Bowl with. But they have, they have a game against uh, Tampa in, in Las Vegas. They play against the Saints in Las Vegas. Uh, they play in, uh, against the Chiefs in Las Vegas, and then they play against the Chargers in Las Vegas all primetime. So they have four primetime games. It's probably because of Vegas, honestly. Like, yeah, you're trying to get that, but I love it. I love seeing the Raiders on yeah. TV. Same with you, Drew. Derek Carr a few years ago was having an MVP type season. Probably does win the MVP if it wasn't for that nasty injury he took. So, very curious. But all right, I, I've been saving this team. I, I, I was high on them two weeks ago when we started talking about them. Let's get to the Denver Broncos, Drew. Over under win total at seven and a half. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm taking the over on that one, baby. 
I love what they've done with the skill positions, but uh, that's not my place to say it's your turn. So let's get it. Yeah. So this, this, in the previous episode we had, I told, I said that this division has a chance to go um, three teams in the playoffs. And I, I do believe that, but I also think that they're all three going to be under. So I have them going seven wins. If they're going over, just like Pookie said about the Raiders, they're going eight to nine. I just believe that they have so much young guys at their offensive positions, like the, the skill positions, that I don't think they're going to be able to do it this year. They lost veteran guys on defense like Derek Wolf and Chris Harris. They still have a great defense. I think their offense is a couple years away, but I think they're going to be a competitive team every week. They're going to be a tough team to lose. That, that's going to be hard out every week. So I, I see them winning probably seven games this year. I'm very excited to see what that defensive line does with uh, seeing Bradley Chubb can make another step forward. Obviously, you have one of the greatest pass rushers of all time with Von Miller. Um, you get Jarrell Casey in there to plug up the middle. So I don't know how that helps you with the Chiefs, per se, when a team that's going to spread you out. But when you're playing the Raiders and you got to stop Josh Jacobs from running on you, Darrell Casey's going to come in handy. So, And then you go out and you get AJ – you let Chris Harris walk, but you get A.J. Bouye coming in as well. So, I mean, John Elway used to get a ton of crap for the way he ran the Broncos. But I love the way he's drafted recently with – giving Drew Locke every weapon he needs to succeed, but also letting a big money guy like Chris Harris walk. And I bring in A.J. Bouye, who at one time was a big money guy, Jarrell Casey. So I've got all pro caliber players coming in. I get two for the price of one almost, well, in a sense. So I like the Broncos as a sneaky playoff team this year. I, I don't know how many wins over – if, if I say they're taking the over, so at eight wins or more, I don't know how many more they get. But I, I'm excited. I think Drew Locke's going to get a chance to succeed this year. You can't say that about many young quarterbacks. So I, I want to see what next step he takes. But uh, all right. Now and we move yeah. on to the Chargers, Pookie. Well, I was going to say something about the Broncos. and well, that's My concern is about Drew Locke. I think that they have surrounded him with some weapons, and he does have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on defense. But if you look at his statistics, he only had one game over 300 passing yards last year, and the other ones were 177, 192, 208, 309, and 134. And even though he didn't turn the ball over a whole lot, those numbers aren't necessarily enough, I don't think, are worth the hype around Drew Locke, I, I like him as a prospect, and I think he has a lot of room to grow. He could prove me wrong, but I'm still not completely sold on him uh, as as a dominant quarterback next season. But definitely you'll see a lot of development from him. Yeah, I don't mean to make him sound like he's going to be a dominant quarterback. My only question is, you know, he's he's finally got – so last year he had Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant to throw to. And this year I give him Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler as well. You got some speed. And Philip Lindsay can give you some options out of the backfield. And we didn't even talk about this really, Drew. You and I were talking about this before the show, but you also add Melvin Gordon to the mix. So wow. my question as far as Melvin Gordon goes is I get a guy uh, $16 million over two years. So now he's splitting carries with Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay cracked the NFL top 100 and has been very productive. Does adding Melvin Gordon take away production from Philip Lindsay? Does it hurt him in that sense? 
is a question I would have. Uh, is spending $16 million on Melvin Gordon worth it when I've got a guy producing like Philip Lindsay? Those are some of the questions I have. But, Drew, I know we were thinking about this earlier, and I thought maybe you'd want to share an opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, you even you even have to add Royce Freeman in there, too, because last year him and Lindsay were sharing the backfield as well. So I, I almost think it's a three running back uh, committee there. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon is definitely the top dog there because he has produced at a very high level in uh, L.A. or like San Diego, L.A. with the Chargers. Uh, but uh, if, if, I'm, if I'm the Broncos, I think they're going to lean heavy on the running backs with Lindsey and Gordon, even Freeman, and then allow them to, just like you said with the Raiders, make people come into the box and then have, uh, have Drew Luck be able to d- uh, dump it off to the receivers as well. So I, I think I think it's a whole committee there. I don't think it's I don't think it's all going to be on Drew Luck's shoulders from day one. I think it's going to be let's pound the ball, pound the ball, let's let our defense win us games, just like with Peyton back in the day. That's interesting, considering that receiving talent they got. But that very well may be the case. So now we move on to the Chargers, and we talked about offseason acquisitions with the uh, past two teams. Pookie, I think the biggest offseason change that any team in the league. Maybe short of the Packers moving the uh, with Jordan Love uh, moving in with Aaron Rodgers, the best offseason acquisition has got to be the Chargers' new uniforms. And those uniforms are sick. I love the powder blue, the everything about it. I'm a uniform junkie, and when it comes to what San Diego did with those uniforms, you can't look past them. <laughs> you just did because you called them San Diego. You just. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. That's not as bad as a mistake I made earlier. But, Pookie, they have the Chargers at seven and a half. So, here's my thing with the Chargers, and I mentioned this on a previous episode. There's a lot of Chargers hate out there. In fact, I think Pro Football Focus had the Chargers as the team most likely to get next year's number one pick. Now, USA Today has them at seven and a half over under win total. So, they're not disrespecting them that much like Pro Football Focus did. But so many people seem to be down on the Chargers this year when I've got amazing talent on defense. Um, I've got a solid uh, skill position group on offense. So where do you stand on the Chargers? No, I think this team is going to grow a lot over the next couple of years. But they do have a rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, and I can't you know, peg him to take them to the playoffs this year. Now, do I think he's going to improve their win total? Most assuredly so. I don't think they're going to be in line for the number one pick. But I don't see them getting past five, six, five or six wins uh, just because they're so young and they have a lot of time that they need to do uh, – a lot of time they need to grow. Um, you know, they, they have Casey Hayward, I think, on cornerback on defense. They have Mel, uh, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. So that's a solid core going there, and you can't underestimate Bosa. He's been dominant whenever he's been on the field when he can stay healthy. So Darwin really, James in the safety, too, in the secondary. James one of the best safeties in the league. So it's like they have a lot of talent. I just don't know that it's going to be this year that they show it's their year. I, I think that this is going to be a growing season when they're learning, when Justin Herbert's learning, learning under Anthony Lynn. Hey, don't forget, they got Kenneth Murray in the draft, and you had Limbo Joseph in the interior line. So yeah, I was I was just going to say that I actually think the, the Chargers actually 
probably have the best chance to go over the the seven and a half wins if healthy. That's the biggest thing for them. They haven't been a very healthy team the last couple of years. I think that's why they were down when they had that one uh, two years ago when they were, I don't know the record, but when they had a good season made it to the playoffs, I think Darren James's uh, rookie year, they were, they were healthy the entire year. I mean, their defense, Linville Jones, you have Jerry Tillery, you have Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, you have Drew Tranquil, you have Kenneth Murray, Casey Hayward. They just signed Chris Harris Jr. as well as having Desmond King at the other quarterback position with Derwin James and Nasir Adderley. Like their defense is stacked. The biggest thing is they have to stay healthy. If they do that, and they and Tyrod's a, a, a winnable quarterback. He he took the Bills to the playoffs once. He's a competent quarterback. He's just not an elite quarterback. I'm with you, Drew. I actually think Tyrod Taylor starts week one. Uh, I don't know what their plans are as far as do I want to get Justin Herbert playing this year? Is it better if he sits a year? The, what also would factor into that discussion is where is Anthony Lynn's job status at? Is, is there a number where he's on the hot seat? Because I, they had a good year two years ago. Last year you had injuries, uh, but you're also like, I don't know what's going on in, in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if I like it. So my I think this is a year for Anthony Lynn is going to have to win a few games here. So I don't know what he thinks gives him his best chance to win. I'm very curious, but I think Tyrod Taylor is the safest bet right now. Uh, yeah. Just and to start I, with that veteran presence, wouldn't be surprised if they pull the trigger. You see a lot of rookie quarterbacks coming about week eight, week nine. So yeah. I, I think within their division too, they have, you know, with the Raiders and the Broncos, they're, I think the Chiefs are going to go 6-0 and against them. So, you know, they're going to lose two games to the Chiefs, but I think the other two are very winnable games. They have they have four opportunities to get at least four wins against division opponents. And then they play the AFC East as well. Those are three of three of those four games are probably easy wins or easier wins. So I, I think they have a real chance to make a run here. It just depends on, again, if they really stay healthy, because I think they have a really good defense that has stayed intact and they added and all they have to do on offense is continue to produce. Quick shout out to two central Arkansas boys, Hunter Henry and KJ Hill, KJ being from uh, Pookies in my high school. So, Played with KJ, had a locker next to him. Pookie knew him pretty well, too. So, had to get that one out there. Uh, Drew, I agree. On paper, the Chargers' defense is freaking scary. I think they match up with the Chiefs in certain areas. I think getting Chris Harris, the best lock quarterback, cornerback in the game, uh, helps you out with that receiving core of the Chiefs. Linval Joseph hopefully can return to form of old and can plug up the middle against, you know, the Raiders and other teams. So, they, I think on paper they match up really well, but the question is, it's like last year they had a good roster. Why didn't it work? So the question is this year is, can they Listen, get it man, work? I'm yeah. going to debunk this right now. With the new jerseys, you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Hey, let me tell you something, motherfuckers. If it was up to jerseys, this team is 19-0, and 0, no doubt, best team in the history of the NFL. Yes, sir. No doubt. And I'm not afraid to say that over the uh, – 2009 Patriots. That one's going in the archives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we gotta, we've got we looked at each team, let's go ahead and take a step back, look at the big picture. I think all of us for sure think the Chiefs are not only a lock to be in the playoffs, but most of us would be surprised if they – they're my favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl again. 
uh, just beating out the Patriots. So, uh, <laughs> you know, throw that in there while I still can, man. Before they lose, they go 0-16. Got to keep the pride. But, uh, Pookie, we'll start with you. Of the other three teams, best chance for who to get in the playoffs? You know, I do like the Raiders. I think they're a dark horse candidate to make the playoffs. But the most likely, I would say, is the Broncos. They they added a lot of good pieces. And, you know, if they they do take a trajectory upwards, I think it's not unreasonable for them to be a playoff team. Drew? Um, I mean, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I just kind of talked about it a little bit. But I, I think, again, it, and this is all on the basis on if they stay healthy, uh, and if they stay healthy, I think they have a real chance to make a run there. All right. Well, there you go. Well, that'll, uh, that'll do it for the AFC West. All right. We're going to move on to the NFC West now. Uh, another division with uh, last year's Super Bowl participant, the 49ers, and also the division that I claimed in an earlier episode is the will be the toughest division this year in the NFL uh, for reasons that will become apparent as we talk through this division, I think they have some strong-ass teams and some up-and-coming teams. But we're going to start with last year's uh, Super Bowl runner-up. We're going to start with the 49ers. And, uh, Pookie, we're going to let you take that one first. You know, the 49ers, I think that they have a very high probability to repeat because, you know, they play the AFC East and the – let's see. What's wrong with the AFC East? The AFC East and uh, teams out of the uh, NFC East. So it's like, man, they play the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots. Those are all winnable games. The only games that I can see them losing on their schedule are maybe once against Seattle, New Orleans, and Buffalo and Dallas may be able to pull off upsets. But other than that, those are all very winnable games for the 49ers. When you look at their depth chart, their stack, they have Jimmy G coming back. He's a great quarterback, and he can he's shown that he can, if anything, manage the game well enough to not to not lose. And they have a very deep backfield, Roheem Mostert to Tevin Coleman, Jarrett McKinnon, those guys. Uh they really Lose fit. check. Yeah, with uh Kyle Shanahan's uh run oriented offense, they're gonna pound it and uh they're gonna be difficult to stop because they're so deep in the backfield. They have guys like Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Ayu, Trent, uh, George Kittle, just acquired Trent Williams. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of talent on this team, and that's not even talking about their defense because they may have the best defense in football. So it's like, where's the weakness on this team? I don't know. John Lynch has done a very good job building this team, and I see no matter what, I see them returning to the playoffs. The question is, is if they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl or not. I love what they did on defense as well. When, and, and it goes with what they did on offense where you, I think they knew going into it that Joe Staley was going to retire. So then you go out and you get a potential Hall of Famer at left tackle with Trent Williams, and you get him for just a second rounder. And then so – but you also have that 14th pick you get from the Colts. So you do lose to Forrest Buckner, who had a very solid year last year. Was they got you. I say very solid. He was great. But I do get a younger guy, Javon Kinlaw, in the interior, who some NFL scouts were saying, dude, this man is right there with Chase Young as being a force on the defensive side. So the 49ers, you lose Buckner, but to get Kinlaw and then to get Trent Williams, I thought they had a great offseason. 
and they didn't have to do anything really. I mean, you lose Emmanuel Sanders, Brandon Ayuk. We, we don't know much about yet. I know John Lynch and company were very high on him. They had him very high on their draft board. So it remains to be seen there. Gotta love George Kittle. Uh, you mentioned him, Drew, you mentioned him. The very fact that the 49ers take pride in their fullbacks. We are a fullback loving show. Kyle Juszczyk, fucking love him. I'm so high on the 49ers. And, you know, Dre Greenlaw being an Arkansas guy, I got to play against Dre Greenlaw. No bias there, but I'm, I'm high on the 49ers too. They're over under a total is at 10 and a half. 10 and a half is great for any team, but that's almost disrespectful to the 49ers. I, I have them easily over 10 and a half. I think the biggest question when it comes to the 49ers is that Super Bowl hangover. Uh, you see it in so many teams on if they can get back. And, you know, the Rams, the, the Falcons, the Panthers, you know, multiple years where uh, some teams made it there and they lost and they, they couldn't make it back. So I, I think it, that the biggest question is them is do they, are they going to have a Super Bowl hangover and whether or not they're going to be able to come back. I think they have the roster to do it. Same with the Chiefs. They brought back most players. Uh, I think they're going to be there, but I just – it's one of those things that's a real thing. It's true. All right, Drew. You're wearing uh, – for the people at home who can't see, you're rocking the Russell Wilson gamer, Russell Wilson Jr., the third, over under at nine and a half. How are you feeling about those Seahawks, Drew? Again, like you just mentioned, AFC East, NFC East, they're playing against. I think it's an easy way for them to be able to get nine wins. Uh, and I think they beat the Rams twice, and they probably beat the Cardinals twice, and I think they go one and one with the Niners. So, I mean, I think that that's over nine wins right there. So, I'm again, I'm slamming the over for them. Uh, I think you take Russell Wilson away from this roster, they're probably a team vying for that first pick. I think, you know, we had a discussion about, you know, Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I think Russell Wilson is right up there with them, how valuable he is to this team. And to think that he's never had a, a MVP, MVP for uh, his entire career is just amazing because, you know, early on he had defense to lean on. In the last couple of years, he's really put this team on his back. Uh, you know, hold my dick, Marshawn Lynch, uh, where he where he led him to the, you know, last year he the, the Seahawks probably shouldn't have made the playoffs and he really just like, hey, come along with me. He was, he was a lead MVP uh, vote uh, person for the MVP race started happening. So I, I think the Seahawks very well, very well coached team. They, they get the most out of their players who aren't big name guys. Uh, and I think having Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, two of the best at their positions really makes them an underdog. I can be subject to hyperbole at times. I do believe in the last seven, eight years, there hasn't been a player more valuable to his team than Russell Wilson. And the only guy I can think of, that would compete for that distinction is Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. I think if you took Russell Wilson away from the Seahawks, where are they? And he hasn't had the weapons that those other teams have. Like there was a poll question that pro football focus put out earlier that we can talk about some other time or maybe after this. It's like, would you rather have Russell Wilson and the chiefs or Pat Mahomes and the Seahawks? To me, I was like, that's easy. I, I want to see Russell Wilson with those weapons, see what he can do. So just because I don't know if I took Russell Wilson away, how much, how far they fall, but I'm with you, Drew. Russell Wilson is the guy for the Seahawks. There's no question about it. Um, with with him, they're a wild card, man. No matter how you look at it, never count them out as long as Russ is there. 
Speaking um, of teams that maybe we counted out last year, but maybe on the rise again this year, we don't know. We'll see what Pookie says. The uh, Los Angeles Rams moving into a brand new stadium, a fancy new stadium, and hopefully they get the planet this year. Maybe not. Um, but their win over under totals at eight and a half. Pookie, what you got? You know, the Rams are a team that really pisses me off because they had all the potential in the world to be a great team for at least five to five to eight years, okay? They had the talent, but their roster-building philosophy was basically worry about the picks later, worry about who we train later, let's go and get this guy. Like, they went and got Jalen Ramsey. They, you know, tra- they trade for people too – so much and they give up so much draft capital they haven't had a first round pick since 2016 so it's like how can you build your roster for the future when you were sacrificing all of your draft picks for already maybe proven but also older veterans that are a lot more expensive yes you do need high name big name guys with some pretty big contracts in this league you can't afford to not pay up but the rams just pissed me off because they they went and you know, and not they even release guys like Todd Gurley, who he obviously had injury problems. So you take away your best player on offense, and you try and replace them with a running back by committee. You trade uh, Brandon Cooks to the Texans uh, in exchange for draft capital. So it's just like Cooper Cup. I still love him. Great receiver. Aaron Donald may be the best defender in football, and they have some other guys on their team that are sneaky good so it's like yeah the Rams aren't going to be a playoff team but I don't think they'll be vying for the number one pick either which isn't necessarily a good thing hold up hold up Drew cannot believe I'm doing this for a second time this week let let me let let me do what I did last time let me settle the debate right here Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in football it's not even close (laughs) what did you say the best player, best defensive player in football. Drew, what did he say? Didn't he say he's one of the best? He said no, arguably I, he's one of the best. Arguably one of the best? There's no yeah. argument to it. It's <laughs> over. It's over. If J.J. Watt was healthy, he'd be better. I said. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Go, Drew, get him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to get in that argument. I'm going to let Pookie and Sandy continue to go with it. But I'll talk about the Rams. Um. I think the Rams need to blow it up and go full rebuild and rebuild around golf. Uh, I think I think they're just I think they're too old and I think too many big contracts that really think they need to just kind of be like okay new new stadium new us I know they want to sell tickets but um, I, I don't think they they have it this year they're they're gonna be one of those teams that I, I think will be in no man's land between ten and fifteen when they pick and they're gonna get a guy that's not going to help him right away but that's going to kind of be more of a development guy and you know Andrew Whitworth at the left tackle he's pretty old so I I think they need to rebuild I I feel so bad because Aaron Donald's on that team and I I really want to see him in the Super Bowl again because he's such a great defensive player but I don't think it's going to happen in his career we'll we'll table this debate for another episode okay I cannot wow uh I the Rams (laughs) What they did is they went all in. They made that Jalen Ramsey trade. They go all in to win, and they put themselves in cap hell. And the worst thing, they didn't win the Super Bowl when they had the chance. And now you have to deal with the consequences. And what those were is those contracts that weigh you down. You had to get – honestly, Pookie, they had to get rid of Todd Gurley on that contract. 
too expensive. He's got arthritis in those knees. Arthritis does not go away. You can try to manage it, but you just don't know. You got to get rid of that contract. It's killing you. Brandon Cooks' contract was killing you. You had to get rid of that too. So that's the price. When you go all in, you got to win. And they didn't. And I think their reasoning was, you know, ideally, yes, you do get, you try to build your team up in rebuilding years. But at that time, they didn't see it as we need to rebuild. You give your quarterback big money. We go all in. Let's go all in, put our chips in. We're in this year. Let's go win it. And the only, they just didn't win it. And now you saw them dealing with the effects. Cooks and Gurley are gone. Running back by committee, which I don't know if that's the worst thing. It depends on how they that offense looks next year. Uh, you got Daryl Henderson at running back. Um, shoot, Drew, I forget about the other guys they got. Cam, Cam Akers, Cam Akers. And, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Brown and the other two running backs. Yeah, so it remains to be seen. It, it had to be done. It's a better option than having Gurley on that roster. I don't know. It's a shame that he can't return back to his rookie form, but that's just reality of the NFL. So it hurts. But uh, now this is this is the team I've been looking most forward to to talk about is the Cardinals. Now their over-under win total is only at seven. It's seven flat. But things are looking up for those boys in Arizona, Drew. What are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, it, I think the biggest question for the Cardinals is how much impact uh, does D-Hop have and – you know, I think they're friends, seven wins. I think they're they're either going to get six, seven, or eight wins. And I think it just depends on how they really play in that division. I think they – the Rams, I think they probably split. And I think they go 0-2 against the Niners and the uh, the Seahawks. But, you know, other than that, you know, again, AFC East, NFC East, we've talked about it two times. I think they those are winnable games for the Cardinals. But uh, I think it really depends on Kyler Murray's development year two in the NFL. And I think it really depends on how uh, – uh, Cliff uses uh, D Hop. You know, I think he's he's great. I think the addition of Isaiah Simmons on defense is great. I think they got a steal in the third round with Josh Jones out of Houston, which they really needed needed to bolster that O line. So I, I think they had, they made a lot of moves in the right direction. I don't think they're there yet. I think they're still two three years out from being any contender. And with the NFC East being so or West, sorry, West being so tough right now, I think they really should just take back, get some more draft picks, assume some more. Uh, top 10 picks, and then in a couple of years, we'll be talking about the uh, the Cardinals are coming out of the NFC West. Well, the Cardinals did business in the NFL draft, and business was booming. I get Isaiah Simmons with the eighth pick, and I get a freaking steal with Josh Jones in the third round. Uh, I, I know there are some writers who, who are not sure if Josh Jones starts right away, but certainly uh, helps out for the future of uh, giving Murray some support and protection on that O-line. Kenyon Drake had an amazing last half of the year when he came in. You obviously had one of the best receivers in the game with Hopkins. Fitz is on his last legs, but him on his last legs is better than most people on however many legs you give him. I don't know. Uh, They needed help with tight ends, being able to guard tight ends. Uh, Obviously, you have one of the best tight ends in the game with George Kittle. Isaiah Simmons can help out with that. Seeing what he does this year, I'm very interested to see. Um, But with the Cardinals, I'm really excited to see what they do, seeing Kyler Murray's progression in his second year. Kingsbury, can that offense continue to put up numbers? Don't forget, Drew, you said that they would go uh, 0-4 versus Seahawks and Niners. That very well may be true. Those two teams are better than the Cardinals, I believe, at this point. But remember that with a worse roster than what they have now going into next season, that Cardinals team almost beat the Niners – 
in uh, San Fran. Yeah, uh, I think they actually, in a game that San Fran beat, had to win. Yeah, and I think they actually beat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. But they've won. They've beat the Seahawks yeah. in Seattle like like the last three of the four years or something crazy like that. But I, yeah, I mean they're a competitive team. I think with Cliff Curry's offense, they're very competitive because they can score it at almost any time on the field and they can go really fast. Pookie, you know, help me out with oh, this, Pookie. What's a successful season for Arizona this year? I would say if they got to eight or eight or nine or nine and seven, that would be successful. And if they get there, it's going to be one name that everybody's forgetting, Chandler Jones, okay? Whoa, that's true. One of the best pass rushers in the game. He's been doing it for a while out of Syracuse. Uh, He's often forgotten about, but I think he had like 19 sacks last year. So He led the league in sacks, yeah. He led the league in sacks, and it, it's kind of like asinine to not mention him when it comes to the best defenders in football. So it's like, yeah, Arizona just honored all this offensive talent, but you can't forget what they what they have on the other side of the ball just because of Chandler Jones and what he does to affect the game. And one of the best cornerbacks in the game still, too. Patrick Pete. Yeah. He's getting up there in age, but I think he's still one of the better corners in football. We'll see if he has a bounce back year next in the next season because I think he's due for that. Because in, in, Car- in the Cardinals' down years, he typically has a down year, but whenever the Cardinals break out, he also breaks out. So he kind of plays up to the team around him. Yeah. So, so, Drew? I was going to ask, do you think, who do you think is going to be in the bottom of the NFC West, the Rams or the Cardinals? I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams were at the bottom. I have a gut feeling it's the Rams, man, and I love Sean McVay. I have a weird feeling about the Cardinals. I don't know why. I have a weird feeling that they will do a little more than they're thought to. Uh, the Rams are – I don't – they're not right there yet so with their roster. I, I still think they need a little more work. They gave so much money to Jared Goff. I don't know if that pays off or not. I don't know where he is. So, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because I think it's I think it's you've got top two teams and you've got top or you got bottom two teams and it just depends on where you where you see them fit. So when we're looking at the playoff picture, then I, I feel pretty good about the top two teams both getting in. Any chance for a third there, Pookie? I think if some other teams, if they get some help on the other on the back end. Arizona might be able to sneak into the playoffs with like a nine and seven record. So it's like, do I see them going 11 and five and winning the NFC West? No, but I think that you can't count them out with what they're doing down there in Arizona. I just think that it could be a couple of more years before we actually see that come to fruition, but keep on the lookout for late in the season for some other teams struggling because the Cardinals might be able to sneak in. Yeah, my thing with the NFC West is if I was to fall into a coma and wake up right before the playoffs and you told me that the Rams had made the playoffs, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. I know I just went down on them. Uh, well, no, I was down on them. I didn't go down on them. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, on Sean McVay, if I was to go down on Sean McVay, I'd be doing better than most girls out there. So, I mean – Come on. Hottest coach in the NFL. Hey, that's that's a topic for another day. Hottest coaches in the NFL. Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury in the same division. Come on. That's tough. And Pete Carroll, you can't talk. You cannot talk. I love Pete Carroll, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. He does have great gray hair. 
Um, but I, so getting back to it with the Rams, I could almost see them in the play. I, I feel like if they're in the playoffs, all right, I get it. The Cardinals, again, it's a gut feeling. There, there's just something weird going down there in Arizona. You got to get Larry Fitz a damn trophy, man. That man needs it. He, he's one of the most deserving players without one besides Marino. So, so I could – that is to say all four teams in some way I could see making the playoffs not, – not okay, not in the same year. I'm getting ahead of myself. What I mean is, however, with the NFC, it's so loaded in other areas with other teams fighting for the wild card. Don't forget, the Vikings or the Packers are most likely a wild card team. The Eagles or the Cowboys are most likely a wild card team. And I haven't even mentioned the NFC South yet. So my only thing with getting three teams in the playoffs from the West is it's so loaded in other divisions where it's easier to get a better record because the NFC West is like a buzzsaw unless you're the 49ers and the Seahawks. I mean, and even then they may trip them up. So I don't like the NFC West getting three teams in the playoffs just because of the other divisions in the conference. But as far as depth goes, I do think they have the most depth of any division, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL. So. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, I think you, you can see a scenario where, you know, they, every team gets in the playoffs somehow, whether it's a wild card or I, I mean, I could even see Seattle somehow sneaking and getting the NFC West uh, title uh, and beating out the Niners. I mean, that's very, that I mean, they were one yard away from it being happening last year. So, and I could have dramatically changed the playoffs. So I, I think every team has a, has a way to get in, but I think the most likely way is, is it's definitely going to be Seattle and the Niners, and then the Cardinals probably maybe sneak their way in there depending on, like, tiebreakers and stuff. That'd be a sexy matchup, man. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and company in the playoffs. Watch out. It'd be scary. It'd be scary. Watch out. And I love the fact that they've got the NFC East this year. So you get to see – or, no, the NFC South. No, but yeah, I had it right the first time. The NFC East, you get the Cowboys. You get some good matchups there. Um, again, I'm looking super pumped for a Cowboys 49ers matchup again. Finally, you get them when their both teams are good. But uh, it'll be a fun year in the NFC West. All righty, that'll do it for this episode of Splitting Uprights. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on YouTube at Splitting Uprights. You can also find us on Twitter using our Twitter handle at Splitting Ups. That's S-P-L-I-T-T-I-N-U-P-S. There we try to push out as much Twitter content as possible, including our daily poll question. We will also be posting the link to each individual episode on Twitter. And you can find the link to our main podcast page in our bio. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.